If you're thinking, I want to set a challenging goal, I want to push myself, I want to grow, I want to embrace the growth mindset, what would that look like? And so maybe just visualizing yourself in the arena and how you want your life to be and what kind of challenges you might face along the way, it might help you pull out a specific goal that you can work on this year. Hey everyone, I'm Annie Dickerson and on behalf of the entire Good Egg Investments team, I wanted to welcome you to this episode of the Life and Money Show the show where we talk about everything from investing to financial freedom, to parenting, traveling, creating a life by design, and everything in between. It is a brand new year, 2024. And I'm here with my amazing co-host, Susan Elliott. Susan, how are you today? Doing great. Good morning, everybody. It's like had a really chill winter break. Didn't travel too much. Didn't see, have to plan any major dinners or events. And I feel excited to start the new year. Indeed, right? Same here. You could probably hear a little bit of raspiness in my voice. I lost my voice for almost the entire week of Christmas, which was, I don't know, kind of refreshing because I had to whisper to my kids. It was funny. They whispered back, which was great. It was oh, uh, cute. So it forced me to relax and rest, which is something that we all need. But you know, we're here. Yeah. It's a brand new year. So Susan, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what we're going to talk about today? Yeah. Well, everybody I think is talking about New Year's resolutions this time of year. Hopefully we teed you up to kind of do a, some good annual reviewing from last year. If you haven't done that yet, check out some of our previous episodes recently, especially the one on self-care. That's the type of annual review you may not have thought of to do yet. But today we're going to talk about some quick exercises you can do to reframe your goals, even start thinking about what goals you might want to have, or just the way that you want to feel this year. I think there's so much weight on creating good goals, goals that last, long-term goals, short-term goals, how to do it. And we're going to try to give you a little bit more actionable, in other words, easy things that you can accomplish, even while you're just sitting in the pickup line at, you know, at school today or on your daily walk, that sort of thing. I don't know about you, but every time around this year, a time of year, I have this kind of two-pronged thought process is one is like exciting. There's a new year and I get to set new goals, try new things. On the other hand, I'm like daunted by the process of like, oh no, what goals am I going to set this year? And oh, is it going to be stuff that by the end of January, you know, I'm going to forget about or I'm going to give up on? Exactly. so it's the pressure. Yeah, it's not an easy thing yeah. to navigate, which is exactly where we're going to dive in. I think some people are like, I don't even want to set goals because yeah. sure. or for me, it's sometimes like the time of just sitting down and creating really meaningful goals that I have a plan for that I can execute upon. That takes a lot of time. That's like a lot yeah. of post bedtime hours that yeah, I'm really exactly. sleepy and Valuable I just want to go to time. sleep too. Yes. Totally. But to the listener, the beauty of the conversation here today is we're going to give you multiple different exercises and ways to think about your goals. So not every exercise will work for everybody, but there might be one or two in there that really resonate with you and where you're at and the clarity and the focus that you may need for your goals as you approach this new year. But before we dive in, just a quick reminder for those of you who have not yet joined the Good Egg Investor Club, we wanted to give a quick plug because it is a new year and it's a great time to try new things and to dive in. And so with the Good Egg Investor Club, it's completely free. It's a wonderful community of 
investors, both early stage investors, people who have never invested before, as well as people who have invested in many, many deals over many years. So it's a great place, a great way to kind of dive into real estate investing, to ask questions, to learn, and to start taking action toward building wealth for yourself and for your family. And coming up this year, we're going to be offering some exclusive perks only to people in our Good Egg Investor Club. So be sure to join. It's free and you can just go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest to get started. Yep. All it's right. a great little, I've taken action today towards a long-term goal there you go. that is investing that, for financial independence. <laughs> there you go. Step one. Yeah. I'm um, so excited to create stronger community around our investor club because these are people that know so much about different ways to create financial freedom and financial independence and can answer all the questions as a group, as a community. We're a lot stronger. We can learn from each other and just create a network that really allows us to all go a little bit farther. Definitely. Well, when it comes to goals, before we dive into the exercises we're going to talk about here today, Susan, when you set goals, do you tend to go broad or do you go specific? Do you go like really challenging or do you make it easy enough that you know you're going to accomplish it? How do you kind of approach it? I like to set challenging goals. I like to set kind of big, hairy, audacious goals. People talk about BHAGs. But there's like, okay, I'm in a different terms here. Short term, like this week, this month, maybe this quarter. I think that's as far as our short term brains can fathom. Three months is a really great goal for like time frame for those like daily improvement of life action. So I want to meditate a certain number of days a week. And this morning I like put it into my calendar after I did it. I didn't time block it out quite yet, but at least then I like acknowledge that I did it. I'm going to be able to look back and kind of track it that way. That's my like shorter term. But then medium turn, like the year goal is fun. I think as long as I can relate that back to my three month trajectory or kind of have the year kind of mapped out, that helps me a lot. That's like my fitness goals, my running goals, my training goals fit into that category for me. And then like big long-term goals. But again, I have to boil that down into something that I can take action on in the next three months. So I want to be financially free, you know, in 10 years from now at least. And so what do I need to do this year to do that? And I kind of have to have the broader plan so that I know, okay, if I do that this quarter or this year, then I'm going to be on track for that goal. How about you? What kind of goals do you like to set? You know, as you're talking about it, it's making me think about You know, there are some goals where you're going towards something like an improvement in your life that you want to have. And there's some goals that are going away from some pain point, some dark thing in your life that you want to get away from. And when I think back on the biggest shifts I've had, where I've formed long-term habits, you talked about the three months, which I think is a great time frame. And when I think about those long-term changes, a lot of them for me personally have actually been going away from something that was so painful that I was like, I can't take this anymore. Okay. Then because of this pain, I'm going to set a goal and it's going to be over three months and this is how I'm going to do it. It was just like the pain got so real and so deep that I was Mm -hmm. like, I have to make a change. I don't want to go back there. And Mm. so it's making me think about these exercises we're going to talk about today, because some of them are going away from pain and some of them are going toward pleasure. And so I think it's really interesting. But for me personally, I set goals, but then a lot of the changes I make are a result of just things that happen in my life, 
Like mm. meditation, I used to have a goal of meditating, you know, five, 10 minutes a day. And I had that goal for a long time and I'd hit it some days, not hit it other days. But then over this last year, I hit this pain point of this, like I was experiencing anxiety for the first time in my life. I had like never experienced anxiety before, but like over weeks, I was like, what is this weird feeling? Like nothing's wrong. Nobody <laughs> needs me. Like everything's fine, but I don't feel settled. And I was like, I didn't like that. And I was like, mm -hmm. I want to go away from this. How can I go away from this? And I found these guided meditations. Now I'm meditating like three times a day, like an hour, hour and a half. And it doesn't feel like a burden to me. It feels like wow. relief. So anyway, just to- That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like I'm the opposite. I go towards things. Like I want something yeah. or I want to integrate something new into my life. That's so probably I... good. So you don't well, experience the pain. <laughs> Once you gave your example, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. that's my investing goals for sure. Mm -hmm. It's moving away from a life of scarcity that I used to live yeah. and paycheck yeah. to paycheck or just season to season and my river guiding life and my adventure life. And the feeling of low-grade anxiety that you can't really determine. And a lot of it was the financial anxiety. But I've also, now that I've kind of alleviated that, I was talking to my husband last night of just like, so proud of us for having a really awesome emergency savings fund. And I'm so proud of us for the amount of investing that we've gotten to do. It's amazing to reflect back and look on that stuff. Just in the past two or three years, I would have never guessed that I would have been here five or 10 years ago, especially 10 years ago. But that was moving away from something uncomfortable. And then, so it's just different ways. And I think you're getting at something that's like, how can you harness the motivation to continue the pursuit of this goal? Yes. And maybe if you do take the time to sit back and say like, oh, I am trying to not feel anxious anymore. Okay, that's what's helping me. That's what I'm moving away from. I've got to find ways around that. Or I want to work towards something. I want to make a positive mm -hmm. change. And maybe that's because you don't want this negative thing to happen too. Right. Well, there's a lot of like- Nicely with yeah. the five exercises we're going to talk about because- the first few are actually talking about fears and challenges and obstacles and moving away from things. And I think, you know, that does, like you said, provide a lot of the motivation to keep you going, at least at the beginning, which is the hardest part of getting that ball rolling from a stop to getting it to emotion. That's the hardest part. So if you can dig in and find that motivation to get going, then, you know, it's a little bit easier to keep it going. But should we dive mm -hmm. in? Yeah, let's go. Tell us about number one. Okay. So just to let everybody know, a lot of these are very well-known processes by some of the leaders in this space. So we're going to share with you five exercises. And these are coming from Tony Robbins, Brene Brown, Tim Ferriss, Gretchen Rubin, and Stephen Covey. So these are like legit folks in the oh, big, goal big thinkers, motivation space. Definitely it helped a lot of people. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And these are some of their best processes for coming up with meaningful goals that will help you to form real habits and make real changes in your life. So the first one is from Tony Robbins. Like we said, this is called the Dickens process. And so if you're familiar with Charles Dickens and the, I believe it's the Christmas Carol where they have Scrooge and the- Oh yeah, and the, I read that just a Christmas couple of weeks past. ago. Yeah. yeah. And so it's this concept, and I remember doing this, Unleash the Power Within, this massive event with like, this was pre-COVID, 
I think there were 15,000 people at the LA Convention Center. And we were doing this process all together. They actually had the kids leave the room because this is such an intense process. People were like mm. writing and moaning and mm-hmm. like super intense. They turned out all the lights. And so basically what this process entails is it's a visualization technique. And basically you're thinking about the negative consequences of not changing your life. And so if there's an area of your life that's, you know, lacking momentum and you're like, bleh about this area of your life, it might not be a huge deal right now, but you're like, I just don't feel good about this area of my life. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's meditation, you know, whatever it is. But you think about that area of your life and then you think about, okay, well, if I do nothing, well, what would my life look like in about a year? Okay. So like, let's say it's losing weight. Let's say you've put on an extra 20 pounds and you're like, okay, well, if I do nothing, I keep eating the way I am and I don't exercise, then in a year, probably we'll have gained another five to 10 pounds. Okay. Mm. How will that feel? Not great. And so you're clothing. This. Yeah. Not feel comfortable. You're not, good. you're not going out with your friends, mm. you know? And so your eyes closed, you're visualizing this, you're really feeling the emotions mm. of what this would feel like. So a year into it, you're like, uh, I don't feel good, feel worse than I did at the start of 2024. But you're like, I could still function. Okay. So now you fast forward five years from now, mm. keep going down this trajectory. You don't make any changes. What does five years from now look like? Okay, mm, you get a diagnosis like, from your doctor. That's a little yes. bit like your heart's not looking good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Things I know, like that. it's getting serious, right? And so then what does that feel like in your body? And what emotions does that elicit? And so you're trying to make this as vivid as possible mm-hmm. so that you really feel it, you really experience it. And then you go forward 10 years and then you mm. go forward 15 years and yeah, years. what can't you do? What did yeah. you miss out on? Now your grandkids, yeah. you can't get down on the floor with them to play. You can't, oh, oh man, yeah. Yes. This it's it's such a great way to really feel the long term. I mean, it's so hard to set long term goals, especially around small daily habit types of things that we know we need to do. But to feel it that way, and I too did this exercise, but in the virtual event with the Unleash the Power Within with Tony, and even in my own bathroom, I had to like segregate myself into the bathroom just in case I started crying (laughs) or anything. And it was incredibly emotional. It's amazing what kinds of things you can elicit mm-hmm. in your body for just visualizing that process. And he walks you through it in a really fantastic way. I bet you could search on YouTube and find him walking through that yeah, process just as like a, a chunked out for this exercise. Yeah, that's a great tip because I think doing it on your own, you don't quite get the full experience of doing it together in community. And so, yeah, that's a great tip is to look on YouTube and see if you can find just that clip of that exercise. Well, and going the next step of like writing down how that felt, writing down those negative outcomes and then having that reference point of like, and this is why I'm going to go for a 20 minute walk today to just be able to like have that like I am changing it. I am not moving towards that scenario every day. So that's a good one. Okay. Well, our next one is from Brene Brown, and this is called The Arena. We've heard about The Arena um, from a lot of different people. I think that she might have just kind of summed it up in one of her resources as well. So uh, Brene Brown, one of the great researchers, best-selling author known for her work on vulnerability and courage. She's got some great podcasts. I just love listening to her. She's super real. 
She will admit when she gets things wrong. And I really like that embracing the vulnerability there. But this exercise has you reflecting on a specific goal or resolution and considering the potential obstacles or criticisms you might face. This is about picturing yourself in the arena. So you're the one taking action. You are the gladiator down there. You're not in the stands. And so as the gladiator, you're going to come upon some obstacles, right? You're going to face challenges in there. And so to be the one that's actually taking that action and visualizing what those obstacles or challenges might be so that you can anticipate them ahead of time so that they don't shock you or cause you to retreat at the time they're happening is the power behind doing this exercise in the arena. And I think the arena comes from a quote from Theodore Roosevelt, I believe, and basically like credit belongs to the person who is actually in the arena. He probably said the man who was in the arena, but it's the woman too. And because these are the people that are really daring to change their lives. They're taking the big action. They're embracing the vulnerability, knowing it's better to try and potentially fail than to never try at all. Yeah, I think that sums it up in just that one word arena is that You know, there's so many people sitting on the sidelines watching and they're pointing fingers, they're on social media, they're criticizing other people for trying and maybe not seeing the results that they intended to. But it's better that you're in the arena trying and doing the thing and fighting for it because you only get this one life. Those people who Mm -hmm. are sitting on the sidelines watching, they're not even trying. So just Mm -hmm. by virtue of trying, you're way ahead of most of the people who never set goals and never try in the first place. I like this exercise too for like when we bring it back to resolutions and setting goals, like what does this have to do with setting goals? Maybe you don't know what goals to set yet. I like this exercise. So like if I was down in the arena, what would that look like for me? What am I like really striving to accomplish in my life a little bit? Like, what do I want to do that's going to push me a little bit into a challenging zone? If you listen to any of Andrew Huberman's work, he's super scientist on all things biology and chemistry related. So definitely down that pathway in terms of neurology and stuff. But he's going to talk to you about that setting challenging goals actually creates new neural pathways that allow for lasting change. If you set an easy goal, something that's like, yeah, I can do that, no problem. You're not creating any new neural pathways in your brain, so you're actually not going to create any lasting change in there. There's less motivation biologically for you to continue down the path towards that easy goal. But if it's a little bit challenging, so if you're thinking, I want to set a challenging goal, I want to push myself, I want to grow, I want to embrace the growth mindset, what would that look like? And so maybe just visualizing yourself in the arena and kind of like, Maybe how you want your life to be and what kind of challenges you might face along the way. It might help you pull out a specific goal that you can work on this year. Yeah. And a la, you know, Brene Brown, she's the queen of vulnerability, right? So, you know, all through this process, don't forget to be vulnerable. Don't forget Mm -hmm. to acknowledge the days when maybe you slipped up and you Mm -hmm. missed your goal or, you know, even fell off the wagon for a week or a month. But to be vulnerable and to acknowledge the places where maybe you didn't do what you had intended, that gives you the space and the courage to come back into the arena and to say, you know what, I'm here to fight another day. And so I think it's perfect that Brene has brought up this exercise because it dovetails so nicely with this concept of vulnerability, because I think to even have the courage to try for a goal, there's the vulnerability aspect of it because Mm -hmm. you could fail. 
you could let yourself down, you could let others down, and that's a real risk. And part of vulnerability is acknowledging that so that you can move forward and have the best chance to attain that goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, with that, let's move into our third exercise. This one comes from Tim Ferriss. You may know him as the author of The 4-Hour Work Week, as well as some of his other books, Tribe of Mentors, etc. And so Tim, he has come up with a fabulous exercise called Fear Setting. And so sort of in line with what we were talking about earlier with Tony Robbins Dickens process, Tim Ferriss's fear setting process is also about the fears and the obstacles kind of standing in your way. So the idea here with fear setting, this is especially good if you don't have a specific goal in mind. If you're just like, I don't really know what to set as my goals. Well, maybe you turn it around And Tim actually says that fear setting is more important than goal setting is to acknowledge your fears because those fears are kind of clues into Mm. areas where you can change and you have the opportunity to grow. And so fear setting, basically what you do is you're just going to sit down and you reflect on the areas of your life where you have fears around anything. Then what you're going to do is you're going to list your fears And then you're going to analyze the worst case scenarios. And then you're going to consider the potential benefits of taking action. And to guide you through this a little bit further, Tim does provide, well, first, he has a great TED talk on this concept of fear setting. So definitely look that up if this exercise resonates with you. But he also lists some of the framing questions to help you through this exercise. So for example, I'll just go through a few of them, but he'll talk about them more in the TED Talk. Define your nightmare, the worst, absolute worst that could happen if you did what you are considering. So if you're thinking about, let's say, quitting your job, or you're thinking about investing in your first syndication or investing in real estate, you're considering spending an hour meditating, (laughs) What's the worst possible thing that could happen? And so you think about this and envision them in detail, just like you would with the Dickens process. And what's the impact of this on your life? So you're basically trying to get out of the dark recesses of your mind, the worst possible thing, because that's what's causing this fear is down there somewhere in the dark recesses of your brain. You've already painted this picture, but it might not be conscious, might be buried down there because it's so scary for you. So this is the process of unearthing that and really envisioning that worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. What's And I like you- that he, like after you do that too, you're yeah. also then reflecting on those benefits. So you've set this like deep tone of this is all the worst case scenarios of how that could happen. And then He has, you kind of balance that with the potential benefits of taking action too, so that you're seeing that maybe it's not so bad or maybe that, oh, if I just take these little steps, the benefit is huge against the fear of it going badly or it's a great like juxtaposition of those two. Yeah. I did a version of this fear setting exercise back when I first quit my job to launch Mm -hmm. Good Mm -hmm. Investments. 
And fear was a huge part of it. And I had never started a business before. And I'd always had a job, always had a steady paycheck. And so the thought of giving that up for the unknown Mm -hmm. was a huge fear. So I sat down one day at my kitchen table and I did a version of this fear setting exercise where I really started to list out all of the fears that I had. And I thought there were like infinite. I thought, you know, there's so many fears. I can't even see past all the fears. I started to write them down and there were only like five. And one of them was like, I'd have to buy my own computer. It was like ridiculous. (laughs) They were huge in my mind. But when I wrote them down, I was like, really? That's what I'm scared of? Buy my own Mm -hmm. computer? Or I'm afraid Mm -hmm. that, you know, I won't be able to make money. That's a real one. But, you know, once I quit my job, I realized there's so many ways to make money. You just have Mm -hmm. to pick the the lane that you want. But there's Mm -hmm. actually lots. And so I think this fear setting exercise is a great way to really codify all the things in your mind that might be holding you back from even trying for that goal or that path or that thing, that side hustle, whatever it is that you might want to do, but all these fears are in the way. So this is a great way to just get specific because if you can name those fears, it takes a lot of the power away from them because when they're swimming in your head, they seem really mm-hmm. I was just thinking that it's like stripping them of their power over you. It's amazing yes. how much that feels like a big weight in your head of something to do. And then you just do it and it's like, oh, okay, well, that's done now. Or that's not a big deal. That's cool. That's funny that you mentioned that because I had the same type of visualization activity. It wasn't using specific fear setting, but I was doing the same thing when I decided Mm. to join the Good Egg team instead of Uh continue to foster my own business. It was like the opposite of what you're doing too. But it's funny how you can be in the opposite position and still have fears. You know, there is no perfect scenario of cases here. And it's what helped me a lot too, was like the time scale on that. Like, oh, it's okay. I can try out this new industry. I can still go back to engineering if I want to, if I need to, there's always Mm -hmm. like, nothing is permanent. That helped me with fear setting too. The fears of like, I will never be able to do that again. I have, Mm -hmm. you know, wasted my time, all of those types of things. Yeah. Awesome. Well, our next one is another kind of alternative to setting goals. So maybe you're just not inspired right now. Maybe you don't have a good track record of keeping goals. And I've had some years like this specifically, was it last year? Yeah, last year that my son was born. And I just was like, almost need to not set goals because I'm exhausted and I need to just focus on my family right now, on my own health, having a baby. I had a baby in March of last year. And um, so we're going to talk about Gretchen Rubin's one word theme exercise here. So Gretchen Rubin is the author of The Happiness Project, a happiness researcher. She's got a great podcast as well with great tidbits in it. And she talks about instead of setting New Year's resolutions to choose one word that sort of encapsulates all of your goals or intentions of the year. And I want to add like also encapsulates how you want to feel. So this does take into account of like when I feel the best, just average. We're not talking about like super elated excitement off the charts, you know, because that's not really maintainable. What is the baseline of just like feeling really good? And how can you create a word that might help you sort of feel that way more often throughout the year. So this word's going to serve as like a guiding principle for making decisions and taking action. And this isn't just like, I want to feel good, you know? Okay. Well, if you want to feel good, maybe narrow in around what good means to you. For instance, I think my word for this year is energized. 
So as I evaluate my daily activities, I'm going to say, does this help me feel energized or not help me feel energized? And maybe I'm going to move towards something. I'm going to take action towards something that helps me feel energized. Whereas last year in 2022, my word was surrender. And that was because I am such probably an overachiever type A lady that I just had to say, no, 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 stop like trying to do a million things and just surrender to the present moment, surrender to like what will happen, what's going to happen. And what unfolded was exactly what needed to happen. I'm here with Good Egg now. I love my life, all of these things. And I think I needed that time to just surrender. So that was like my guidepost in taking action for the year. It helps you stay focused and aligned with some of your aspirations from a different like level of feeling, I would say. You're out of the all the exercises we're talking about today. I think this is the one that resonates with me the most at this point in my life. Just because, you know, I have so much clutter in other areas of my life. And to just be able to simplify it down to one word, one like call to action that's going to be like my thing for the year. I think it's just so smart and it makes it so easy and doable. So I love that. Energize, surrender. Those are great ones. Some other ones that Gretchen lists as examples are free time, bigger, upgrade, dark, or make, or hot wheels. She said her sister used that <laughs> as her theme one year. That year she got a car and started driving. Um, yeah. <laughs> that would be my son. I think, uh, I'm, yeah, this one is one I'm going to give some thought to to figure out what my word for this year will be. I think it's going to, center around something like me, actually, making time for me, self-love, self-care, mm-hmm. and really figuring out what I think and what I want in every situation that I'm in. I think it's something that I've never really been in a position to do in every situation. And then also that I've never given myself the space to do. So maybe mm-hmm. that'll be my word. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say too, this takes a little bit of practice. I remember the first year I heard people doing this and it just sort of was like, it felt random to me to create a word. And so my word wasn't really super meaningful, but like, that's okay. You can change your word. You can try this out. Maybe later on in the year, you're like, I forgot my word. Well, clearly wasn't super meaningful, but I would say that it's gotten easier for me to think of a word and then to really like use it throughout the year, embrace it a little bit more. And my word energize kind of came from a course I did last year on lifestyle design. I did a deep dive course and one of the bigger findings that I had. So this is like coming out of my annual review, the kind of looking at the last year was that when I focus in on just my like daily energy doses levels, like just little hits of dopamine, maybe I get up and do some dancing in between my meetings, take a breath. We've talked about that a lot, especially in our self-care episode last time. Um, I feel so much better and I'm able to do bigger things. And so I'm pulling out that finding and putting it on the label for this year. That's how I kind of did this. And I also wanted to note that another thing that she talks about is making this word visual for you, you know, put it up on your fridge, put it on your bulletin board, your mirror. But one thing I wanted to kind of counter that with was that another tidbit I learned from Huberman's podcast was that Actually, like writing something on a post-it note and putting it on your mirror just one time is actually not helpful because you've written it once. You start ignoring it. This is the same as like those notifications Mm -hmm. that you just swipe away from your calendar and apps are starting to get onto this and they're realizing that that doesn't work to help you take action to open their app, right? 
So instead, he talks about you need to write it down every day. So maybe at the top of my notes notebook where I take notes for my day, everything, I'm just going to write this word every day. So I write the date and then I write my word or I write it on the whiteboard when I do our meal planning, which is a new thing for me too, every month or every week on our thing. So like which ways can you visualize it, but like re-visualize it every week, rewrite it every week? Yeah, it's like, you know, making that path, like, you know, the farmer with the hoe, you know, you've got to like make that path. Get it in its groove. Yeah, yeah. that's right. There you go. There we go. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking you're building that bridge, those neural neurons. That's what Huberman talks about. Every Taking a little bit of action. It's not just like looking at a post-it note and true to form. I've got some post-it notes on my mirror. I couldn't even tell you what they say right now. I need a post-it note pad right there and to write it and then take it down every night. Maybe I'll try that. Exactly. I know. I know. But that's a great tip is to have the word, but you know, put it into action somehow and to remind yourself constantly in every situation that you can, what the word is and what it means for you. Because I'll bet that even though, you know, that's your word for the year, the meaning of that word to you is going to evolve as it will, yeah. life unfolds throughout that year. So that's part of the magic. So, ooh, mm-hmm. so looking forward to this. Yay. Magic. Put a little magic in your goals. All right. Well, our fifth and final exercise in this roundup comes from Stephen Covey. He is the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Many, many books beyond that, but that's one of his most well-known books. And of course, in that book, he has seven habits, as the title would suggest, And this one is the second of those seven habits. And this one is called Start With the End in Mind. And so this one also works great if you don't have any goals in mind. But what it does is it helps you envision the gap between where you currently are and where you want to be. And so this exercise involves writing your own eulogy or even envisioning your funeral might sound a bit morbid, but similar to the Dickens process and some of the other exercises we've talked about, it's really about getting that clarity in your mind and really being there so you can feel the emotions, feel the feelings of that experience. And so writing your own eulogy, you know, it doesn't even have to be like at end of your life. It could even be, you know, five, 10 years from now what would your life look like? And writing that down and reflecting on what that means. So here's a quick example from somebody who has written their begin with the end in mind for the year 2030. So not too Mm. long from now, but you know, a few years out. So she says the year is 2030. I am the director of diversity and inclusion at my dream company. Since I quit my HR role a few years ago and started at this company, My mental health has drastically improved. I no longer feel isolated. I feel a sense of control over my work. And I know that my work is positively impacting the lives around me, which makes me very happy. And so it can be as simple as that, right? But within that, you can see, okay, so she says in the year 2030, she's going to be this director. You know, she says, okay, I don't have that title right now. So let me think about how to fill in the gaps between where I currently am and where I want to be in the next few years. And at my dream company, okay, well, what kind of company is that? 
And so just writing down a simple statement like this helps you to identify those gaps. And then your brain will start to automatically do that work because your brain's so good at filling in those gaps. But you have to do the work of identifying the gaps. And then your brain will say, okay, let's make a plan to get there. And so this is a beautiful exercise, very simple to do. And just think ahead, you know, five, 10, or even to the end of your life and think about what you want that experience at that point in time to look like, what you want your life to be like at that point, and then work backwards from there. Like again, that she kind of pulled out that I no longer feel isolated. I want more community. I want to make an impact. It's not like I want a boat. I want a big house. (laughs) Maybe you want a big house, but for me, it's like I want to host people over for dinner and have like an indoor outdoor space where we can flow in and out. So you're evoking like how it is that you want to feel in that time frame or at the end there. I like that. I instantly thought of like a shorter time frame, for instance, like when my oldest child is graduating high school to look back upon her years at home. I mean, you can even do that with like she's entering high school because at that point she's got so much of her own life um, that she's doing in less time. You know, the statistics of the tail end essay, which is a great essay to read about the amount of time that we spend, you know, like by the time our kids are in kindergarten, we spent like 60% of the time we're going to spend with them. It's just mind blowing to me, but sort of like, what do I want to have to say about my family life at that point? This would be a great exercise to help me frame with that end in mind. Yeah, it's true. And you could do it for different parts of your life, just like you're saying. And so let's recap real quick before we wrap these five exercises. And for the listener, this is meant to be a quick, high-level roundup. If there's Mm -hmm. one of these exercises that really resonates with you, we highly encourage you to go Google it and to find additional resources, YouTube videos, TED Talks, blog posts, books that you can then use to dig deeper into exactly how the exercise works so that you can get the most out of it. But just to recap, so the first one we talked about was Tony Robbins with the Dickens process where you're envisioning not making a change and the impact that will have on your life. The second one was from Brene Brown. That one was called the arena. And that one was reflecting on a specific goal or resolution and then considering the potential obstacles and criticisms you might face and really feeling and thinking about being in the arena and embracing that vulnerability. The third one was from Tim Ferriss, the concept of fear setting and really defining and thinking about your fears um, and not just your goals. Gretchen Rubin was the fourth one with her one word theme. And that one is pretty straightforward. You think of the one word that's going to be your theme for the year that kind of encapsulates Mm -hmm. your goals and intentions. And then finally, Stephen Covey, start with the end in mind and writing your own eulogy or your own mission statement for 5, 10, 20 years down the road and then figuring out the gaps from where you currently are. So I would love to invite listeners to send me at my email, susan at goodegginvestments.com. If you do any one of these actions or if you have something else that you do, but specifically these actions, send me an email. Tell me how it went. Tell me your mission statement. Tell me your word. You can also record a quick audio file on your phone and email that to me as well. I'd love to hear it. We'd love to share it with our podcast listeners in a future episode. Absolutely. We'd love to feature any of you. And 
If you do have additional thoughts to share about your experience listening to this podcast or you have ideas for other topics you want to hear about or you want to be a featured guest in a future episode, reach out to us or you can go and take our quick listener survey at goodegginvestments.com slash survey. All right, with that, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Life and Money Show, the show all about helping you to create a meaningful and intentional life by design. For show notes or to listen to previous episodes, go to lifeandmoneyshow.com. For more information on how to invest with us and create passive income to build wealth for your family, of course, go to goodegginvestments.com. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, and leave us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you incredible new conversations all about life and money. All right. Well, we've got an exciting new episode for you in two weeks time. But until then, remember that your financial journey is a lifelong adventure and we're here with you every step of the way. Thanks for listening.